the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Lifeline. Good to have you with us today, and boy, have we got some doozies for you. Um, (laughs) I would say that if you occasionally suffer from bouts of high blood pressure, today's program, you probably want to, you know, um, take a deep breath. I was going to say reach for the meds, but it probably won't make that recommendation. But, But I will forewarn you, the state of California is up to no good. And we've talked a lot on this show down through the years about meddling in education and many of the challenges related to um, those that are not in the know, thinking that they are, and handing down mandates that ultimately not only impact in a negative fashion the quality of education in our state, but more importantly, go against the grain of parental rights. But this one, this one reaches an all-time low. And we're going to get details for you coming up later on in tonight's program. Constitutional lawyer and the founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus, is going to join us. And, in fact, we're going to have a little extended conversation with him today because it's going to take a little time to unpack this one. And uh, you need to stay tuned and get ready to get involved because uh, this uh, this one takes the cake, as my grandmother used to say. Before we lead off into that, though, you know... Thinking about where we are here in August of 2022 and the incredibly raucous couple of years that we've all collectively been through, not only in the state but in the union, in the world, really, in a post-COVID environment, we're still trying to kind of claw our way back to some semblance of normalcy. When you talk about the pure interruption of day-to-day life, and our jobs, and literally lives being lost. Over a million Americans that this time, a little over two years ago, that were still with us, that are now gone, taken from us by COVID. Is it any wonder that people are struggling? They're struggling with what they see in the day-to-day news, the impact of COVID on their day-to-day lives. And, you know, sadly, for those of us within the Christian community, sometimes we either don't understand this we relegate it to, well, you just need to pray more. Or, well, there must be sin in your life. Or for those that perhaps within our sphere of influence that are dealing with anxiety, frustration, fear, and depression, we sometimes resort to unhelpful suggestions and religious platitudes in an attempt to try and bring a sense of comfort or, or ease the disquietness that a friend or a loved one is suffering, but in the end, wind up not contributing anything beneficial whatsoever. So how do we unpack the subject matter of depression? And more importantly, how can we offer insight 
help and hope for a person that's struggling with feelings that they quite perhaps don't even themselves understand. Joining me now, no stranger to the KFAX microphones. In fact, you undoubtedly tune into his program every weekday afternoon from 1 to 2 p.m. He is the founder and chairman of New Life Ministries, the best-selling author of quite a number of pretty phenomenal books, including ones that you know, perhaps on your bookshelf, Every Man's Battle, Toxic Faith, and more. His latest book is called 100 Days of Freedom from Depression, newly released by Aspire Press, and it's always a delight to have join us on the program, Dr. Stephen Otterburnen. Good always to have you with us today, Stephen. Thanks so much for being with us. Well, Craig, I always uh, look forward to talking with you, and I, I love what you do, always have. And I w- before we talk about depression, could I just address what you're ta- going to be talking about later? Because, um, you know, a lot of people in the church, well, there are those that are very political, but then there are those that want to stay away from politics at all costs. And on New Life, we're a politic-free zone. But New Life is partnering with the Museum of the Bible. And we're doing a conference for women, very different than Women of Faith that had 18 million uh, people and 18,000 in an arena. We're, they have an auditorium of 425, and we're going to fill that up over and over again, November 3rd and November 4th. And let me tell you what it's about. It's about, in, the theme is where women rise. And I don't think it's political when a woman is so inspired by the Word of God that she wants to ask the school board or anybody to support her values while they're promoting values she doesn't agree with. To me, that is being a good mom, that's being a godly woman, not being political. And we're going to help women rise, we're going to equip them, and uh, I hope it's going to make a difference all the way on the other side in California. But I'd love to see some churches get on a plane and come join us November 3rd and 4th. And if you're interested in that, it's called Lumina, and it's going to be a great, great event. You can find out about it on our website at newlife.com under the Lumina banner. I just had to throw that in because you're going to be talking about some really horrible things, and we have some really great answers and hopefully God's Word is going to inspire. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, we need to be equipped because, let's face yeah. it, uh, th- this world is changing and changing rapidly in the terms of engagement. You know, we kind of almost feel as if we woke up one day and they changed all the rules on us. And so sitting back passively and being quiet and hoping for the best, you know, there was probably a day and a time where that, that might have been effective. But today we've got to be engaged. And, you know, let me just make one comment because you, you mentioned about the politics of it all. You know, I think sometimes people get caught up on that. And they look at the political landscape in America today, and they think this is frustrating, it's confusing, it feels dirty. I just want nothing to do with it. The problem is, 
we have a form of government that is really self-directed. You know, Abraham Lincoln said it best in the Gettysburg Address when he talked about government of, by, and for the people. And so in my mind, this is not something that we get to do. It's something that we have to do because it's the process of self-governance. And if we dismiss ourselves from being engaged, if we dismiss ourselves from the responsibility, then at the end of the day, we know that we're essentially turning the keys of the kingdom over to the enemy, and the enemy is going to go in and do whatever he wants to do, and largely it's going to be a repeat performance of John 10.10. He's going to steal, kill, and destroy unless we set up that, that, that hedge of protection, particularly for our children, and equipping women to do that, that can really be on the front line of making a difference and calling out sin and, and, and what have you, so that we're, we're protecting the most precious gift that God gives a society, and that is, of course, the gift of, of, of salvation, first and foremost, and then, of course, yeah. children. And so I, I really want to encourage women, yeah, if you have to hop on an airplane and, and head back to be a part of this, we encourage to do it. And as Steve mentioned, information available on the Lumina Conference by going to newlife.com. That's newlife.com. Okay, let's let's turn a yeah. turn a corner here, Steve, and talk about another issue that, uh, as I mentioned in my opening remarks, a lot of people struggle with. In fact, in, in this um, kind of quasi-post-COVID environment, or, or maybe even dealing with it right now, and maybe at levels don't even know it. They just understand that there's a sense of hopelessness, that they feel um, as if either they're not being listened to, or yeah. they're unloved, or they're alone. They just know that there's something going on that they can't identify, but it is incapacitating their ability to function and seems to almost hang like a cloud over them at every single moment. And sadly, in many respects, the church is ill-equipped to deal with depression. Well, that's why New Life, we're celebrating 35 years next year of being around, and we've never uh, been so busy and had so much to do because there is quite a bit of depression. And then, you know, Jeremiah 614 uh, shows that there's nothing new under the sun. Jeremiah said, they treat the mortal wounds of my people with superficial treatments, and they don't even blush. And so a lot of times we want to put the quick fix or the Band-Aid on it, the superficial thing, when it's much, much more than that. And I would say with inflation and high gas prices and the COVID isolation that we've experienced, all of these things that have happened, a lot of people were just kind of uh, rocking along. But this has put them into what you would call a state of depression. Any long-term well, they say officially this sad, deep, dark, sad mood that lasts more than two weeks is officially depression. But here's what we do. We don't sit around and just be depressed. We compensate for it, or we try to treat it. And so when there's depression, drinking increases. Pornography, gambling, affairs, things like that happen out of this depression so we can get some adrenaline pumping or something like that to make things better, but it, you know, it only makes things worse. And so I would hope that anybody that would be sinking into this or knows you have this, that you wouldn't listen to anybody that has, that starts anything out with, well, all you have to do, uh, because there is no all you have to do. You have to be willing to do a lot of things. 
And in one of the things that I've just developed over the years, a little saying, is that no one thing fixes everything, but one thing can destroy everything. And so if we don't treat the depression, there are all sorts of other problems that can arise from it. And if you have a group of people around you that are saying, hey, all you got to do is pray more, read the Bible more, those kinds of things, it's just going to make your depression worse because you've been reading the Bible and you've been praying, and, or maybe you're in a place you just can't find God's presence in your life. Those are indicators that if you'll reach for a different kind of help, maybe you're going to experience a new life that you'd forgotten about or had begun to think wasn't possible anymore. And, you know, this can really run the gamut. I mean, this can go from somebody who is sort of at the cusp of the beginning stages of depression, they're feeling distracted, kind of in a fog, to the individual that after a season is totally incapacitated by this to the point where they feel as if they, they can't get out of the house, let alone get out of bed in the morning. And, of course, for so many, as you point out, they don't know how to dig out of this uh, this hole of depression, and then they're getting advice from maybe people that are well-meaning, but with uh, with <laughs> largely useless insights. And 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 I wonder, you know, for a lot of people, I think they might recognize as they kind of look at the timeline of their experience that they recognize, yeah, it wasn't necessarily one day I w- woke up and I was fine, and the next day I wasn't. It's often kind of a a process in in sort of heading down, you know, tumbling down, so to speak, into this dark hole uh, that can get pretty severe in in the most extreme. So I wonder, from your perspective, Stephen, if you guys have worked with, with, with listeners and patients all across the country for, as you point out, over three and a half decades – is there, as much as there seems to be sort of a, a process getting into it, is there also a process when it comes to digging out of depression? Well, yes. And, you know, the first thing, um, I, I tell people the two hardest things to say, uh, first is Worcestershire sauce. Mm-hmm. That's, that's almost impossible. <laughs> and the second is I need help. But that's the beginning. When we can reach out and ask somebody for help, now we can get started on getting better and that might uh include medication even i've had a a pastor to say to me i used to preach against all medication now i take medication that i used to preach against and it's the only thing that's keeping me preaching and there you know it's not a matter of spiritual weakness spurgeon uh one of the spiritual giants of the world only preached nine months out of the year because he would literally fall into a depression right on the stage preaching and he'd be in bed for two months. So uh, don't shame yourself. Ask for help. And then you need a comprehensive program. If you're not exercising, then you're more susceptible to depression. And it would be foolish to do anything without moving your body because it really does help you more than you could ever dream. You're, what you're eating and, and if you're drinking and things like that, you, you put together a program and you are going to be pretty surprised what's going to happen over four weeks and six weeks uh, you can turn this thing around and you'll be so glad that you did you go from feeling helpless and hopeless to really understanding uh, there's a path here and if i stay on this path it's just going to get better and better and that's what we love seeing in new life we love to see that transformation from that hopeless state 
to, oh my goodness, I, it's like I had a miracle occur. It took a while for the miracle to fall in place, but I'm not the same person I was six weeks ago. And thank God for that. And let me say, I am so grateful that you couch it in that fashion, Stephen, because, you know, so often people look at this with you know, almost a myopic approach that the singular thing, well, there's you know, sin in your life or it's just a spiritual thing that you're going through or there's a mental battle that you're, that you're facing, and yet there's, it's multi-layered. And listen, the enemy knows how to kind of design just what's right for you to try and get, the, to get you defeated. And so it's not just looking at spiritual dynamics and relational dynamics, perhaps. But things like diet, exercise, sleep, right. the, the physiology, well, so to speak, of depression uh, can, can oftentimes be as big a battle as the emotional and, and spiritual f- battle, can't it? Of course. And, you know, if anybody says to you it's a result of sin in their life, well, maybe they're not depressed. But just the fact that they said there's sin in your life means that there's sin in their life because they're judging something they, they don't know anything about. Or they're saying, well, no, I've never been to medical school or I haven't studied psychology, but I can tell you, uh, here's what you need to do to get better. That's, that's pretty arrogant, I would say. So there is sin in their life if they're going to tell you what you have to do to get better when maybe you've already tried that a thousand times. And for uh, those of us, and I've been in a deep depression in my life, you know, you find out trying harder just makes trying harder. Mm. And finally you surrender to the help of someone else, and then you start to experience the hope that maybe you thought was lost. As you are eavesdropping on this conversation today, perhaps yourself, there's that sense of hopelessness. Maybe you feel as if you can't see beyond today, or you've got a fear of tonight or even tomorrow. Uh, We're talking about an approach that's a very different and refreshing one that can help you Take back control of your life. Take every thought captive, as Scripture tells us, and put you on a new road. The book is called 100 Days of Freedom from Depression, newly released by Aspire Press. Its author, our guest today, Stephen Otterburn, founder and chairman of New Life Ministries, and of course, New Life Live, coming your way each Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. right here on KFAX. More information available on the web, by the way, at newlife.com. That's N-E-W-L-I-F-E, newlife.com. Or you can always take advantage of calling the toll-free 800 number for more information at 800-NEW-LIFE. That's one 800 N-E-W-L-I-F-E. A brief time out. We'll return to more of our conversation with Stephen Otterburn of New Life Live as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation. <coughs> Pardon me, all choked up here. <coughs> Little bit of tea down the wrong pipe. <laughs> I'm I love sorry. that effect on a lot of people. You know, <laughs> just all choked up talking with you. Hey, yeah. that that voice in the background, that is our dear friend Stephen Otterburn, host of New Life Live, heard each Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. here on KFAX. <coughs> and we're talking about his latest book called 100 Days of Freedom from Depression, newly released by Aspire Press. You can also get more information about the ministry, the radio program, and Steve's writing online at newlife.com. That's N-E-W-L-I-F-E.com. You know, there are some folks that we talk about this topic, Stephen, that say, well, you know, I, I know that 
there must be something wrong with me as I, I can't deal with these emotions and I feel I'm broken, I'm, I'm defective. And I'm just wondering, for people that struggle with those thoughts as they're trying to dig out of depression, how important is it to, to change the way you feel by changing the way you think? Well, um, you know, in Romans 12, too, it says that we can be transformed by allowing God to change the way we think. And, and so it's not us memorizing Scripture and we change the way we think, but it's allowing, surrendering to God and, and letting Him do that. And so often, the things that we think are just our own perceptions. And sometimes they're not very accurate. And so when we get back into a great Bible study with folks, when we start having that prayer time, uh, you know, this morning was such an encouragement to me as reading in James, count it all joy when you encounter various trials. And I was able to say, Steve, you haven't been so joyful (laughs) over certain trials. But it's an encouragement, see, to think differently. Now, wait a second. Let's have a different perspective, let's change our perception. So yes, thinking is very, very uh, important. It does form a lot of what we feel, but if you're really struggling with a clinical depression, it's going to be hard for you to even think straight. And that's why we've got a hundred days here of great, great scripture, great devotional material, quotes by some of the best people you'll ever read about, and it really can had a tremendous impact. You know, I'll mention this. Also, this Saturday, we're doing a workshop online. It's, it's virtual, and it's called Emotional Freedom. And I think uh, that if you've been struggling with depression, this would greatly benefit you because even though we're virtual, you hear me speak or someone else, and then you go into a, a group of a few people with a licensed clinical Christian counselor online and you start to look at the things that are holding you back or that you're struggling with. And so anybody that's interested in that can call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. We, we want to help people. We love seeing lives transformed. And I think beyond just a sense of wanting to help, you also have a track record of knowing that help is possible and that people can indeed dig out from this experience. And while perhaps in the, in the now, in the moment, you feel as if, boy, there's just no way I'm going to ever dig out of this hole. Um, you know, the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And I think yeah. that same approach here in your book, 100 Days of Freedom from Depression, that if, if folks begin to understand that it is a process, and if you take it day by day in bite-sized chunks, you can slowly but surely build your way out of and and confront the anxiety, the confusion, the depression, the fear that's holding you back and holding you down and be able to ultimately get victory over this. Yeah, and you know, elephant meat doesn't taste too good. And so rather (laughs) than eat an elephant, we want to help you feed on God's truth. And we'll have a lot of that this Saturday. And there's a lot of it in this great little book, 100 Days of, of Freedom from depression. And a good start, as Stephen mentioned, is um, that um, that webinar that you can participate in, getting more information online at newlife.com, um, getting the keys to understanding what emotional freedom is and how to achieve it, 
And then ultimately, as we're talking about Stephen's new book, 100 Days of Freedom from Depression, um, there are all kinds of wonderful resources. And, you know, beyond the, the very healthy daily habit of tuning into the broadcast, uh, there are so many resources that are provided by New Life Live. And again, I encourage you to either pick up the phone and call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-N-E-W-L-I-F-E. Or again, find them online at newlife.com. The new book, 100 Days of Freedom from Depression, newly released by Aspire Press and its author, our guest in this segment of Lifeline, Stephen Otterburn. Stephen, always a delight to visit with you. And we'll hope one of these days to see you back in the San Francisco Bay Area. Me too, um, and uh, God bless you, Craig, and I just so appreciate you always have, and you're just the best at what you do. Well, I appreciate that, and I'll, I'll drop the C-note in the mail to you tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. God bless you. There's Stephen Otterberg with New Life Ministries, again online at newlife.com, N-E-W-L-I-F-E. Com. We'll take a time out. When we come back, we're going to continue to unpack critical issues today as next we take a look at a critical challenge facing parents across the state, particularly if you have a child of preschool age. Stay tuned. This is a whopper. Joining me next, Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute, with details as Lifeline continues. How much do you have saved for retirement? Now cut that number in half. That's the impact inflation could have on your retirement. Recently, we've seen inflation well over 8%, but even at the historical average of 3%, the value of your savings will be cut in half in 20 years. So what can you do? Join CFP Eric Heckman of Heckman Financial and host of Wealth Creator Radio for an upcoming informational webinar. You'll discover how inflation could impact you and simple ways to prepare for it. Now is the time to get your questions answered by Eric and the team from Heckman Financial. So reserve your spot today. To sign up and find the time that works for you, go to WealthCreatorWebinar.com. That's WealthCreatorWebinar.com. Inflation, you can't stop it, but you may be able to minimize its impact on your retirement. WealthCreatorWebinar.com. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through Heckman Financial and Insurance Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. What is school choice and why is it important? Every child is unique and each learns differently. Some might succeed at the local public school, while many others will do better in a private, Christ-centered environment. School Choice allows every family to select the educational options that best fit their children, which is why for the 11th year running, KFAX again offers families our back-to-school half-off tuition program. We understand how costly a quality education can be, so we've partnered with some of the most prestigious Christian schools throughout the Bay Area to offer half-off tuition for the coming fall term. The program applies to families enrolling a child for the first time. Nearly 300 Bay Area families have benefited from half-off tuition vouchers. Why not yours? Discover how a biblically-based education can radically change your child's life. For all the details and a map of participating schools, visit kfax.com. Anxiety, fear, and embarrassment. If you're one of the millions of Americans with unpaid or unfiled federal taxes, I'm here to offer you some hope and relief. 
Hi, I'm Kathy Hill, founder of Tax Tiger. Tax Tiger operates on the Christian principles of honesty and integrity. We're a full-service tax firm. Not only do we protect you from the IRS, we prepare your back taxes, release wage and bank levies, and negotiate the best settlements in the nation, many as low as $20. You can trust Tax Tiger to give you an honest and free appraisal of your situation. We will prepare your tax return every year, even if you have no IRS problem. We specialize in settlements and audits. Call Tax Tiger today. Day to schedule your free consultation. You could be closer to financial freedom than you think, and you need a tiger on your side. They can even help with tax court trials and audits. Call 888-261-2173. That's 888-261-2173. Or visit us online at taxtiger.com. If you're considering protecting your retirement with gold or silver, listen up. Mark Davis here. One company I trust for this, Advantage Gold, the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. They've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because they really educate their clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. Call 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Talk to one of their experts. They can send you a free gold kit along with a free copy of the Wall Street Journal national bestseller, The Great Devaluation. Number again, 800-900-8000. Don't wait any longer. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value, all from Advantage Gold. 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Call Advantage Gold today. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. It's funny hearing the uh, promotion a moment ago for the um, back-to-school half-off tuition opportunity that uh, KFAX has proudly run for 11 going on almost 12 years now and the hundreds of Bay Area families that have taken advantage of it, particularly because they're wanting to shift their son or daughter out of government schools into private education. And what I'm about to share with you next is great cause for concern as to why so many parents are seeking alternatives to government schooling. With details on this, Brad Dacus joins us, constitutional lawyer, founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute. And, uh, you know, we know that there's been a lot of meddling in education in states like California for many, many years um, by the legislature and others that are trying to turn um, schools into social science experiments and things of this sort. But this latest event, or, or, or attack, I should say, um, uh, wrapped up into California's so-called Child Care Act, this one counselor really seems to go just a step too far as if the others weren't offensive enough this one really takes it over the top tell us exactly what is this new regulation and why does it have the potential impact of stripping virtually every church-based daycare ministry of multiple constitutional rights across the board uh, yeah, it, it's really sad to have a lot of parents out there who say, you know what, I'm not putting my kids in a public school. We're going to have a good Christian schooling, and we're going to start with this Christian uh, you know, preschool at this such-and-such church. Uh, well, this legislation is the state of California coming in and saying, oh, no, no, we're going to control those two. Uh, so this legislation uh, orders that these uh, licensed private, you know, you know, preschools, and all preschools have to be licensed, uh, that they all uh, have no Christianity, uh, no praying with the kids 
uh, no singing Christian songs, no Christian teaching. It has to be devoid completely of of uh, the of Christianity of, of the faith. Uh, that is their mandate from the state, uh, not involving public preschools, but private uh, church-based uh, ministries that are functioning as, as preschools or, or daycares. Uh, for, um, forgive the interruption here, Counselor, but am I understanding you right that essentially what you're saying is that every primary reason why a parent would say, you know, as we're starting our child's scholastic career, we want to get them off on the right foot. So we intentionally are choosing a, a, a Christian-based daycare ministry, uh, which, again, for a lot of children is their, their first interaction with other children, their first opportunity to kind of begin that, that, that early educational preschool sort of, of uh, foundation. And that essentially every reason why a parent would choose a Christian daycare center, the state wishes to come in and completely wipe that out. Did I, did I understand that correctly? Uh, yeah, effectively, that's exactly what they're doing. But it's even worse. So uh, they're also not just denied, you know, their First Amendment rights in the Constitution. These Christian, uh, you know, ministries and preschools and daycares, uh, but they're also denied uh, their Fourth Amendment and Fifth Amendment rights. And that uh, the law allows a Department of Social Services to come in unannounced, without a warrant, on the property to look through any child's file that they wish. Uh, they're also violate the Sixth Amendment and the Seventh Amendment by um, being able to, to question any employee, um, even if they don't want to, to force them to be questioned. Uh, you know, they could be criminally prosecuted under this legislation for violating uh, the, the, the requirements and restrictions, but there's no uh, requirement for reading the Miranda rights. Um, in addition, you've also got there's a, no opportunity to know who, who uh, is making any accusation. Is there an accuser? Okay, who is it? Um, you know, these are these are these are rights that people have. Uh, also, to look at what evidence is there any evidence of attacking this preschool? We, we, you know, normally under normal law, you have a right to to review the evidence, to look at the evidence. Um, once again, the the evidentiary rights are also taken away. But the bottom, the worst, I think, the most blatant, Craig, is the fact that of desperate treatment, uh, unfair treatment, where these restrictions only apply to. Well, they don't apply to public school preschools, uh, preschools operating with the Department of Education, uh, preschools uh, or functioning groups like YMCA, Girl Scouts. They're all exempt. But Christian-based preschools by churches, they're the ones that have all these heavy-handed restrictions and, and clear violations of constitutional rights. And that's why we at Pacific Justice Institute have just filed a major lawsuit uh, on behalf of three churches, three different preschools in San Diego County, and uh, we're uh, hopeful to get this this corrected uh, one way or the other. Now, you know, uh, forgive me, I, I can't help but to think that at some point here, um, you know, uh, you're either going to reveal that, uh, surprise, this is all a story out of the onion, and, and we can all um, breathe a sigh of relief and, and call it a day. But I know that's not the case, and I'm just trying to, to wrap my mind around beyond what might perhaps be the obvious answer. Is there, to your knowledge, Counselor, any, any explanation provided? I mean, 
again, to, want to, to, to clarify this, in case listeners are, are sort of struggling with this as I am, to wrap their mind around the notion that there is an act that would go in and essentially redefine um, any church-based, call it nursery school or, or daycare ministry, uh, as now being subject to state regulation and as such would not be allowed to require participation in things like uh, Bible studies. Remember, we used to do little felt Bible stories, right? Uh, Bible studies, prayer, um, and any sort of religious activities as part of their daycare ministry would be stripped. I mean, I'm sorry. I, the Establishment Clause on to on come into play a little bit here. If it doesn't come under the don't, don't create state religion, also don't step in and try to prohibit the free exercise thereof. What makes them think that they can just across the board force churches to forfeit their first, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and fourteenth amendment rights just because they want to operate a nursery school or a daycare facility? What? Well, their mindset and the mindset of the legislators in Sacramento and the supermajority that, that passed this, uh, their attitude is that the government, the state, knows what's best. If they had their way, they would have the government controlling uh, probably every school, including private Christian schools, Christian colleges. Uh, the state would take over everything so they can control the minds and the agendas uh, and, and the indoctrination of children in, in, in all these institutions. Um, this is the lowest hanging fruit. I think this is why they're going after it. Uh, we intend to nip it, and if we have to take it to the Supreme Court, we will. I just have to say how grateful I am for, for to former President Donald Trump and his uh, key appointments to the federal courts, and particularly the Supreme Court, uh, because that is, at the end of the day, I think, going to have a, a huge impact on the outcome of this very important religious freedom uh, legislate, uh, legislative challenge. Well, undoubtedly true, but you know, at the same token, it, it, it's almost criminal, in a sense, to think that we have to seek relief in that direction, as opposed to electing uh, legislators that say, you know, we, we want to value constitutional rights. We wish to uphold and protect and enshrine parental rights. We acknowledge that parents know what's best for their children. Now, for the state to say we have a vested interest in protecting children from things like physical abuse, sexual abuse from from predators, things of that sort, and that with that compelling uh, interest, the state can step in if there's accusations. I have no problem with that whatsoever. You know, let law enforcement right. do its job. But for for the state to right. come in and say, no, 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 we know better than than uh, than you do, and uh, we we believe that uh, teaching children religious values in a religious setting, operated by a church, that's just a field too far. If you've just joined the conversation, you're perhaps as astonished, or maybe not so, as I am, about um, this new California Child Care Act. That, that really puts a phenomenal burden, almost to the point of making one wonder, is this intended for control 
or to just shut things down? And I and I got to think it's maybe a little bit of both. With us today yeah. is constitutional lawyer, the founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Counsel, I'm going to ask you to stay with us for a couple of more minutes because I want to go a little bit deeper on this because, uh, you know, looking for relief from the courts is all well and good, and we're grateful that there are people like you and organizations like the Pacific Justice Institute that have the capacity to be able to hold our state legislatures, our lawmakers, our bureaucrats' feet to the fire constitutionally. But then it also begs the broader question, why are we in battles like this in the first place? Can't we elect representatives in Sacramento that have some modicum of respect for parental rights, some acknowledgement of the rights that are protected by, enshrined by the Constitution of the United States? Or is this all about just an agenda that's absolutely gone wild? We'll take a time out. We'll come back with more of our conversation. Stay with us as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. I think it was um, Bob Zadek on the program yesterday commented, wouldn't it be a happy relief if we would have politicians running for office on a platform of standing for increasing our freedoms? Yeah, that would be a a welcome relief. And and certainly this particular story uh, gives credence to just how um, desperate we are in a state like California for that very issue. We're talking today with constitutional lawyer, the founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus, about the California Child Care Act. And I want you to listen to this carefully. That is essentially saying that if you choose to send your son or daughter to a daycare facility or nursery schools, we used to call it back in the, the, the ancient times when, when I was a kid and Fido was still a pup, um, essentially for churches that operate, those kind of daycare-type ministries, um, <clears throat> they would be stripped of their First Amendment rights <coughs> and forbidden from requiring participation in religious activities during the daycare experience, which for many parents is the entire point. Now, <coughs> help me walk walk us through this, if you would, Counselor, in terms of the, the approach to try and get this reversed. You mentioned about the necessity – Hopefully not, but the the willingness rather to to take it all the way to the Supreme Court, if necessary. What I'm curious is why our legislators. I mean, is there no functionality within Sacramento that says before we consider a bill, it goes through this filter to make sure that it passes constitutional muster, or is that not even part of the equation anymore? Effectively, it's not even really a part of the equation. We have Pacific Justice. Institute have uh, sent, um, you know, letters, uh, legal opinion letters, pointing out how different bills are unconstitutional. Um, sometimes they're they're heated. Uh, oftentimes they're you know they're not. Then we have to litigate and file lawsuits challenging that legislation. After it becomes law, there's several bills we're looking at right now, um, you know, which we can talk about another show. But uh, that uh, if they become law, we're going to be challenging them uh, likely as. The one that uh, was going to attack uh, Christian law enforcement officers was uh, defeated. It uh, did not pass the final committee. We just found out today. So uh, that's one less bill we're going to have to uh, challenge in a court because um, it's, it's, it's not going to become law. But, um, yeah, that's what we have to do. Um, it's, we, ha- we have the burden to show that things are unconstitutional. The state legislators do not have that kind of uh, scrutiny that 
And if they did, uh, it would make our, our job a lot easier. But uh, effectively, that's what we have to do. Wow. You know, it, it just, you know, sign of the times, I guess, as the, as the saying goes. Um, with all this in mind, uh, give me your sense at this juncture, um, where this is going to be headed, how soon. And is there anything that, you know, aside from voting with their feet, which may be the best option, is there anything that taxpayers and, and parents and concerned citizens can and should be doing uh, up to and including, as I suggested a few moments ago, the necessity to run and elect candidates that will stand on a platform that respects the Constitution? Uh, yes, uh, several things. First, as you mentioned, uh, we need people, especially at a local level, running for school boards, planning commissions, city councils, uh, and we're encouraging churches to do that. Our church engagement office helps churches look for good candidates, and uh, they're out of Palmdale, that, that office. In addition, where I encourage churches to do voter registration Sundays, uh, we're hoping to have over a thousand churches in uh, California, Arizona, Nevada do voter registration Sundays prior to this midterm election. That's where they have a you know voter registration table in the back, so people coming and going from the church service can can register if they're not registered. It's really important that we as Christians uh, be good models, uh, you know, as Christians, as citizens, as Romans thirteen talks about, and of course also that we make sure the Christian voice is heard. The love of Christ compels us to do no, nothing less. So we're helping churches do that. If you wanted that information, uh, they can uh, contact your office, ask for our church engagement office to help with that, or they go to our website. We have that information. Um, and also when they see if, uh, you know someone's rights being violated, they need to contact the Civic Justice Institute, uh, anyone under attack. We have six offices now in California, Craig, so we're, we're there. And uh, we're ready to uh, go to bat. We do all our work without charge and uh, to, to joy to serve the body of Christ in this regard. You know, and I, I have to confess, there was a time when I would have thought, you know, with the good work that Brad is doing, hopefully someday he's going to work himself out of a job. It's like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll stem the tide, reverse the trend, and uh, um, get, get the state back on the right track again. But, but sadly, um, you know, the, the forces of evil continue to... Uh, uh, to be pretty powerful, but uh, we also know we serve a God even more powerful. So we appreciate so much the fact that you're there standing in the gap and that Pacific Justice Institute is doing so with no charge uh, for any of the litigation. And whether you're in representing a church or an individual in defending their constitutional rights and freedoms, uh, again, we're so grateful to what PJI does and want to encourage people to be praying for both you as well as uh, all of the team and all the offices and uh, not only to be um, engaged in uh, in prayerful support, but literal support as well. More information on the web at pacificjustice.org. That's pacificjustice.org. Counselor, we appreciate you uh, updating us on the story, and we'll, uh, we'll continue to follow it. It is a doozy, to be sure. All right, coming up on 6 o'clock from KFAX, a brief timeout, back with more right after this. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.